As Backyard Stories is put on hold for the time being, and while we're all self-isolating, I thought it would be nice for some familiar voices to share some stories centred around the theme nostalgia. This is Backyard Stories, the Inside Edition. Hi, I'm Maria Angelico. Thank you for having me, Backyard Stories. When I think of the words nostalgia past and memories, it's like something in me warms and I can't help but smile. And at the same time, something in me drops. Not so much in an uncomfortable stomach drop kind of way, but more like I fall out of my head and into my heart. I feel plugged in and like the volume on my feelings and my senses has been turned right up. I may be rambling and I may have to come back to articulate this. But sometimes I'll consciously conjure a memory and sometimes it's as if a memory will come from nowhere that's just triggered by a sound, a texture or smell. Like recently when I was getting my makeup done and the hairspray that the makeup artist used had a similar essence to the limited edition and very popular Spice Girls Impulse fragrance of 1997. And although I'd forgotten all about that coveted aerosol can, the smell of that hairspray instantly took me back to grade five school camp cabin 14 and that feeling of resentment I had that Because of my curly hair, I was assigned to play Scary Spice in Performance Night rather than Posh Spice. (laughs) There are three particular stations, I'll call them, of nostalgia or memories that I tune into most or have the clearest frequency. And each one of these exists in a particular place. Uh, The first of these is sitting at my mother's grand piano in the house I grew up in. My mother was a child prodigy and a classically trained concert pianist who rebelled and travelled the world playing cabaret in the 70s and 80s. She then had three children separated from my father, who was also in the band, and um, moved us back home to the suburbs of Melbourne. We had very little, but somehow we managed to obtain a grand piano. It took up most of our living room. She could play anything by ear, and I mean anything on the piano or any instrument, but she loved the piano most. It was, it was part of her. It was like an extension of her. Um, when I think about it, the most honest she ever was was at her piano. It was her way of truly expressing how she was feeling. I loved sitting by her as she played. I can still feel that almost painful, sticking, squeaky feeling of the black varnished stool as it gripped the back of my little thighs when I'd shuffle along it in my summer school dress. I also loved lying underneath the piano, feeling the vibrations as my mother belted out a classical Chopin or sometimes even an obscure Bollywood-like show tune, anything. 
and feel that resonating through my body as I watched her feet slow dance at the pedals. I also loved that soothing feeling of falling asleep in my bed, hearing her play freely on her own, like a stream of consciousness at the other end of the house. The piano was the heart of our home. It was also a fort, a very tempting but out-of-bounds play equipment. (laughs) It was where most of our family photos were taken. And it was also something that made my school friends think we were rich despite being quite the opposite. It was also a great hiding spot. I remember running under the piano in an attempt to escape having my wild hair brushed and one time hitting my head really hard having had a growth spurt unknowingly. I can smell the piano, particularly that delicious woody smell from under the lid. I can still see my fuzzy little reflection in the lacquered black painted exterior and I can still feel the joy I got from the sound of my Barbie's plastic feet tapping and twanging as I'd make her trot along the exposed complex string system inside the piano, like a, I don't know, funny fashion runway. Despite being specifically told never to touch anything under the piano lid. Uh, The second station, uh, I'll say, uh, that I tune into most often or its frequency is most clear is my grandparents' home uh, that my two older sisters and I spent every weekend at whilst my mother worked playing piano bar music at fancy restaurants and I don't know, probably went on dates too, I assume, or just caught up on sleep. Um, I can smell my grandparents' house in my mind in an instant too. It's a mixture of fresh air just before the rain, a new bar of imperial leather soap and refrigerated lamb fritters. The smell gives me instant comfort. Even though it was our weekend home, it always felt homier in a way. I loved the reliability and routine of the house. After every night spent there, I would wake up without fail to the distant sound of talkback AM radio, combined with the sound of my grandmother freshly squeezing orange juice on her obnoxious 1970s electric juicer. Uh, And this was always done by her wearing her bunnies, which is what she called her hair rollers. The reliable sound of the radio and the juicer would wake me up gently and I would sleepily stumble down the hallway to that friendly smell of toast in my nightie and my bare feet and I can still feel that worn brown and cream swirly carpet beneath my toes. I'd then join my grandpa in the lounge room on the floor and mimic him as he did his lo-fi morning stretch and exercise routine again without fail every morning. I remember once being really embarrassed uh, when my sister started giggling and pointing out that my bare bottom (laughs) was exposed as I copied my grandfather's leg kicks. So after that, I made sure that I'd always pop undies or tracksuit pants on before I joined him. I can describe every single corner of that house from the back garden to 
the contents of every drawer to every VHS tape on the shelf. I loved how my grandparents looked after everything in that house, including my mother and me and my sisters when we were there. The third station or frequency is uh, our family holiday home in Mount Martha that my grandfather built in the late 60s. If we weren't at my grandparents' house, we were at the beach house. The beach house. The beach house was my favourite place on earth. Every summer, from the first day of school holidays till the last day we would be there, we had a tradition of leaping out of the car as soon as we pulled up in the carport and me and my sisters would bolt down the very steep hill down the side of the house to see the view of the bay from the backyard before unpacking the car, before going to the bathroom, before anything. The thrill that that downhill run gave me, I loved the exhilarating danger of running fast downhill and that feeling of not being able to stop but also feeling like I'd completely arrived. The house had a particular smell as well. It's the smell of an old fireplace that hasn't been lit in a while, mixed with Arnott's teddy bear biscuits, the big family assorted ones, not tiny teddies, and a touch of vintage coconut suntan oil. (laughs) There was a boys' room with original burnt orange sailboat wallpaper and matching orange shag bedspreads and a girl's room with original huge purple and pink floral wallpaper with matching pink shag bedspreads. There was a pool table that converted into a tennis table downstairs. There was a wood panelled staircase perfect for riding down on couch cushions. An impressive collection of my grandfather's National Geographics and Reader's Digest magazines and a perfect collection of my grandmother's discarded robes, hats and coats in closets. There was a tiny TV with a huge aerial that we rarely watched because we prefer watching the ever-changing, expansive view of the bay that was stretched right across the back of the house and framed by the wood-panelled walls of the living room. My grandfather had a set of old binoculars that I remember being really heavy and cold on my eye sockets. And from the rickety balcony, we'd watch the muscle man, the man who caught muscles on his boat in the mornings. And at night from the balcony, we'd use the binoculars to watch the Dramana drive-in screens as we excitedly tried to find the station on the radio. It was usually Honey, I Shrunk the Kid or something like that. My grandpa didn't have much money, but he was savvy and he worked really hard to build that house with his bare hands over many years. The view from the beach house changed, as we did ourselves, I guess. Like that beautiful picture book called Window. As a little girl, there were trees and bushlands and empty blocks and a car here or there and people strolling down to the beach. But as we got older, it became a view with traffic and even freeways, um, housing developments and a marina appeared. When we were younger, it was a place where we had birthdays with our cousins, family barbecues, ping pong tournaments, living room performances for 
the poor adults. <laughs> and as we got older, it was a place where I would take my friends and party or have attempted clunky romantic weekends away. It was always a happy place. I loved being there. It's like time didn't exist or it didn't matter. We would guess the time of the day by the view of the bay. I also loved watching the sunsets and the sunrise and the storm. If there was a storm, a storm coming through. And I loved seeing my mum's sun-smooched self float around in her caftan. I loved wearing my bathers in the saltiness of the beach all day as I sorted through shells I'd brought back. I loved raiding the cupboards in the kitchen and seeing what we could do with all the condiments. I loved getting into hysterics with my sisters, doing ridiculous makeovers or making up silly characters and dance routines and songs. My childhood was interesting. Um, there were often things that were changing, but no matter how turbulent, the piano, my grandparents' house and the beach house, it remained. I had some resistance to the theme of nostalgia, memory and past. Uh, well, not so much the theme, but my relationship to it, I guess. Um, I would probably my, prefer my response to be remaining light and funny. And uh, But there's some things that I can't deny. I think what I was trying to articulate earlier, um, or perhaps even dismiss, was how this beautiful, warm nostalgia also involves grief. The grief doesn't cancel out the joy of these memories at all, but it's also a part of it and they've become intertwined to me. In the short years uh, between 2010 and 2012, my mother, my grandmother, then my mother, then my grandfather all passed away and the piano and both houses went with them. Um, Months after my grandmother died of old age, my mother died of cancer quite quickly. And then a few months after that, my grandfather let go. No one had room for the piano, so we gave it away. My grandparents' house was sold and the beach house was left to my uncle and his wife who would prefer not to share it. In just over a year, as well as losing these incredibly important people, um, I later realised that I also lost these places. It felt at times like the phone lines to my past and memories were disconnected. My past was always so accessible and tangible for me through these people who raised me and these places I described that I could go to. They were within reach always and then they were gone. So now I hold the words past memory and nostalgia in a very different way. It's neither sad nor happy, but it feels incredibly precious and sacred, like something that I really need to protect. I imagine them like pearls inside big clamshells at the bottom of the sea that I can access when I'm calm enough to just stop and let myself sink down to... And sometimes it feels overwhelming or scary to have to like go deep, but it's worth it. 
I wonder if I'd still feel this way about my past and memories if I had living access to them. I wonder if this is just what it feels like to grow up. I wonder if I'm romanticizing my past because of losing the people and the places that I loved. I don't know. I, I probably am. Will it change as I get older? Probably. Who knows? <laughs> but what I do know is that no matter what goes on in front of us, our past and our memories and the senses of nostalgia, they're ours to keep. And I'm so grateful to have my own. And I know whenever I smell rain in the air, cold lamb fritters, coconut oil, or hear the twang of piano strings, I'm reminded of these beautiful memories of my childhood. And now with the bonus reminder of the cute, loving party of people that are always with me in some way. I don't think the past has to define us or control us. I think we can choose whether that's the case, but there is no denying that it has power. It's a gift that we can share and pass on and it can help us grow and help us connect and give comfort. And in my experience, we're richer when we embrace our past and experience it no matter how tricky it can be. I was reluctant and maybe even afraid and ashamed of the frame in which these memories and my nostalgia is held, but sharing them in their fullness, I guess, reminds me of how much we all have to give. So there you go. Thanks for listening.